I love that you start. We finally got the music. With all right every single time. I don't know. It's just a habit. It's like certain words I keep on using that really annoy me. Like I feel like, or. And you know what else you use a lot of? Well, if you're really going through this, yeah, we should both do it to each other. But sure, go on. Yeah, okay. I'm sure I have some that I don't realize I say. But Mm. you say, and I've, because of you, I've also started saying it. That's interesting. interesting. I knew it. That's the one I was going to say. <laughs> Which is not. You know the amount of times when I'm editing, I have to get rid of it? Uh, you know the amount of times I have to edit in daily life when you say firstly? You know how many times <laughs> you start a sentence by saying firstly and never complete it? There's never another secondly or thirdly or any Lee. It's just a firstly and you like just keep people hanging there. At least mine is finished. <laughs> I feel like I've made my point. No. From the first. You're so far. Then just say, no need to say firstly. Just say, here's my point. I can't. Yeah, you have to use firstly. <laughs> and you also start sentences by saying, hey, listen. What <laughs> fucking name? All you say is, hey, listen. You're, all your text messages are, hey, listen, I have a thought. <laughs> Every message is, hey, listen, I have a thought. I mean, it's just how I talk. I, I can't really help that. Yeah. Okay. Do you have many friends who tell great stories? Yes. I have very few people who can just like tell me an amazing A riveting story. story. Riveting. That's a great I love that word, right? Riveting. Now, most people don't tell riveting stories. Yeah, but I also think it's about perspective because you'll only tell... That's another one you love. It's about perspective. Uh, Everything's about perspective. But it is. How? Okay. Well, because if you've got the perspective, you're able to kind of draw from it and then tell a good story. People don't know how to engage someone else in their story. This yeah, story becomes about... Yeah, I guess. I think that most people always talk to you about their problems. Okay. I'm okay with people telling me about their problems. I'm okay. Okay. But it's the same story every single time is what bothers me. I know, but think about the amount of times you've probably done that and you've gone over and over and over in your head when you've got issues in your life that you don't know how to resolve or how to get out of. It's a rut. But that's but that's me telling it to myself rather than other people. You don't tell you don't talk to people? No. You don't not, you don't no. open up? No. Not I think really. you open up. No, I used to more than I do now because now it's like, actually, this is what my thought of it is. Okay. And if you continue saying that story, that's your life then. I know you can't, you've you said that a bunch of times. So you I create just, your own reality. Exactly. Is that, it's, that is another thing you always say. Yeah. Uh, and I truly believe in that. When I stop saying the same story, that's when I can make space for a new one. Okay. No, that's fair. That's I. That's solid. That is that is a solid way to look at life. Yeah, because otherwise you you don't say many philosophical things, but that I don't. Yeah, I don't want to say. There's too many people that say that shit. What philosophical shit that they? I don't, do. Everyone loves it. Actually, we love saying shit that is profound, and then yeah. realizing we said something so profound. Yeah, I do it a lot. Like dinosaurs. Okay. See another one. You and your analogies. You don't even hear the whole dinosaur okay, go, story. Go. I don't know now. I'm yeah. <laughs> I didn't but it think was so. great in my head. It sounded like shit, I'm sure. Because <laughs> your analogies literally never go anywhere. And it never makes sense to me. But I love that you try. It's kind of funny. I'm just thinking about dinosaurs now. <laughs> like, can you imagine just like being around dinosaurs and then you have dogs as well? What? Like, can you imagine having a pet dog, but also have dinosaurs roaming around? I feel so like bizarre. none of us would exist if dinosaurs were roaming around. Why? Because they'd eat us. That's 
assumption. Maybe they love us. Maybe we had them like pets. Well, maybe some of them, yeah. yeah. Some of them are pro- probably harmless. But what about T-Rex? Well, T-Rex has such a have shitty you reputation. Not, yeah, but have you not watched Jurassic Park? Oh, yeah. That's the true reality of what they were like, right? <laughs> Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is like the worst representation of any dinosaur. No. Like, you just enter the park and that's where they are. But otherwise, around the world, it's fine. I know. I loved it. Oh, fuck <laughs> I Can you imagine having a dinosaur as a pet? Which dinosaur would I, you have? At the I was no joke. Can I ask you that question? I want. I forgot what it's called, but it's the one that looks like a rhino. A rhino. One that looks like a rhino, but it's you like got it's those got things the, at the back of. Oh, what the is it triangle again? things. That yeah, they have yeah, yeah. What is it called again? Samosaurus. I wasn't going to look into what they're called. I like the one with the long neck. The bird-looking one. No, not the flying. Oh, the long. Yeah, oh, he's like a giraffe. Giraffe. Oh my god! Hang on a minute. I think we're onto something here. Okay. What are we onto? Well. Majority of the animals that are in Africa, located in Africa, other than the ones that are kept in fucking zoos over here, the ones that are there, like the the giraffes, the um, you know, rhinos, zebras, hippos, zebras, they are all descendants of of, yeah. of dinosaurs. And that's why people have this conspiracy theory that dinosaurs didn't exist. But I think they definitely did exist. It's like it's similar to evolution. Yeah. Because things evolve, like animals evolve, right? Like there are certain birds that, um, you know, the beak, the shape of their beak changes depending yeah. on the food they get. And how hard it is for them yeah. to hunt, hunt for food. Yeah, like penguins, you know. Penguins, penguins so never learnt to fly because... Which is so shit for them at, at like the, but it's because they're, at the high school reunion. <laughs> all the other they don't birds graduate. Are like, all the other birds are like, hey... Dude, you have to try out flying. It's fucking amazing. And or they're like, like, hey, guys, let's go there. And the penguins are like, what the fuck? How are we going to get there? I'll take a cab. But like, it's, it's you know, evolutionary. They didn't need to, obviously. They're no, swimmers. Yeah. They're good at swimming. And they're amazing in water. Like, yeah. I suck underwater or over water for that matter. Oh, over water. You are over water. The land is water underneath it. That is true. Like, we're literally floating on water. Okay. We are floating. I don't know if it's floating. That's, it? that's gravity problem. Gra- who, who brought gravity up? Newton. Isaac Newton. Newton. That- yeah, and an apple fell down on him. It's so bizarre. That's what and that's what made him go boom. Yeah, what about all the bird shit? Gravity. Pigeon shit that falls on you all the fucking time. What would happen more? Would you get shat on by a bird more frequently than an apple falling on your head? Nowadays, because yes. I, Yeah, because I've been shat on by a bird, but I've heard that it's good luck. Yeah, apparently it's really good luck, but I think that's just a good way of telling your kid. You're going to get shit on more in your life. So get used to it. <laughs> I like that. I, I don't remember. That's a good, that's, that's good. So I like That's so terrible. It. Like everyone's going to take a shit on you. So get used to it. Oh, it's really good luck. It's a really good luck. It's not. How is you getting shit on good luck? So we were going to play a game. So I'm going to say a word mm-hmm. and whatever word comes to your mind, oh, you have to say it. Okay. Right? I'm not ready yet. That's the whole point. Okay. You can't really think about it. <laughs> Go. Right? And it keeps going back and forth. Yeah, okay. All right. Jobs. Work. Pickle. Money. What? Dough. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you say pickle? Yeah. Burger. Ketchup. Sauce. Mustard. Sauce. Fuck. <laughs> That's where your creativity is. Right, let's go again. Okay, start again. Fox. Fox. Uh, you can't repeat me just to think about it. No. You literally I said, didn't. oh, fox. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, start again, start again, start. Third time's a charm. Go. Possum. Tree. Elephant. Uh, land. Water. Grass. Uh, leeches. Suck. Uh, blood. Out. In. <laughs> this is not going well. This is not going well. 
So we're not good at this. It's like you came. Like our word formation is up to in and out. Like it's like just three little words. That's all we. Can I didn't know. I was. I didn't know where to go from there. It's hard. It's hard to think on the spot, and because you want to say like when you actually said "suck." Yeah. Like of course my brain's gonna go. What's the right penis? answer? Yeah. Yeah, you should have said penis. It's it's funny because it's not a word that comes up. It's an image. It's yeah. Really funny. Straw. Uh, water. What are we playing again? I don't know. You just I was <laughs> okay. You just randomly start saying uh, everywhere we go. Why does that matter to you? That it's is bothering me because that is my oh. cord. How does my cord bother you? Because I'm OCD. But it's my shit. Like it's my stuff. How does that matter to because you? Because it was weighing on the ears, and you were like staring at me funny. Because you were like in a weird position. Okay. It's only recording, so keep going. <laughs> You need a scratch? Need a scratch? Put my finger in up there. Oh, don't say that. Just, I was talking about the nose. <laughs> I've never eaten my own buka. Oh, that is bullshit. I have never. You are so foolish. <laughs> that just means you have. <laughs> you are such no, a... No, dis- because you've told me you have eaten your own buka. No, I haven't. Yeah. You keep making these stories up, which are in your imagination. You told me a long time ago that you have eaten... You eat your own buka. Oh, like I do it on a regular basis. Like it's part <laughs> yes. of my fucking diet. My protein shake and my bukas. <laughs> That is such bullshit. That statement will totally be caught. I've eaten my own you can't booger. edit this because you're making up shit. <laughs> no, I'm not. Why would I eat my own booger? Because you own said booger. you have. You told me you have. Maybe once I have. By mistake. It wasn't like, oh, I was digging up down, like, oh, gotta eat my own booger. Well. Well, not without sriracha, anyways. <laughs> spicy booger. Ew. Mix spicy. Have you eaten your own booger? I've never in my entire life. You are you are Mary Magdalene. You are untouched. <laughs> like level of purity that you have actually mary magdalene wasn't untouched so yeah but like have you no i well i don't remember i don't have a fond memory of it i haven't kept it in somewhere i've I've put it in a box and i've thrown the box away (laughs) the box is down the The pacific ocean at this point (laughs) Uh, explain uh, daylight savings to me i don't i can't tell you shit because I don't know what the difference between daylight savings... I mean, I know the, what the difference is, but I don't know which one they call what. Which one? What do you mean, which so, one? So, like, are we now saving daylight because yeah, it's we getting are. darker quicker? Yeah, so right. daylight savings is now on. And then we yes. think of it like a switch. So my watch that I have on right now will not be turned for a very long time. So I'm always going to I'm always gonna be like, okay, so it says 10 right now, but... Why, why would you go one hour? ahead why would you live your life like this just being one hour ahead you just get to places an hour ahead will i yeah because you are running on an hour ahead i'll be getting there late yeah well really late actually (laughs) i'll be getting there really late you'll be getting everywhere an hour late imagine you're in the ambulance so i'm gonna have to make sure that i do this now what do you mean i can't i need to get the manual back out you don't know how to change the watch time no it's literally taking out the buttons are right there Yeah, I'll work it out. So no no <laughs> guests today? No, no guests. Um, I think it's been a while since we did one just by ourselves. I need to be in the mode. I can't just have a conversation forcefully. I struggle with that. And people know when they're listening, they know. They know that this isn't, she's not into this. Why is she dragging this out is very painful. I don't think we have put anything out there where you're dragging this out. No, I know, but we've so tried. So how would they know? I feel like you don't have to know the person to know whether they're actually into it or not. No, sometimes you can do magic by editing. Yeah, I know, but still, I don't want to be editing too much of it out either. 
Do you what? know what I mean? <laughs> I did. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm tired of you starting. I'm going to start with whatever the fuck I like. So I've been watching this documentary called The Missing Case of Madeleine McCann. Do you know that? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, All episodes. Like on, no, I haven't watched it. I've seen it so, on Netflix. So I have a question for you. Isn't that that little girl that disappeared out of the blue? Yeah, and well, the problem with that case is that a lot of people say just because it was the father of the child was this orthopedic surgeon, rich Scottish guy, and the woman was also a doctor. It's the typical privileged English white family and that's why it became such big news but children go missing every day in Portugal which is where Madeleine McCann went missing and nobody gave a shit because somehow you know white people always get the best resources that's yeah. that's what the argument was by the third episode which look I don't was pres- that a third episode that's what they actually argued about well they finally the weird part was when she went missing nobody even questioned the parents Assuming that the parents had never done it. There's no way the parents could have done it. I thought that there was big controversy That was only it. later on. That was only later on when they were like, hey, by the way, these parents keep changing their story about how their child went missing. Do Maybe, they? Well, yeah, because over time, I think you can actually... When you ask someone to repeat the story, they start like fumbling and they start like missing out some key points. Like, think about it. Whenever we tell the same story to someone, like after a while... Even if there's some details missing, we just make up details. We tend to do that. Distorted. Do you know how the child went missing? They left the kid at home asleep. Yeah, so there were multiple kids. So this wasn't just one family. This was a couple of families who were vacationing together in Portugal. You know, the rich family vacation. And it was in this kind of like a couple of villas together where you have babysitting services provided. But they never used it. And they were having dinner at this patio thing across where the kids were sleeping. So they said they were checking on their kids every 20 to 30 minutes. And the third time, Kate McCann, the mother, checked and she saw that the window was open and Madeline was missing. Right. And yeah. no, so that's where it all started. But they say that, and this is what really pissed me off and this is my question. If your child goes missing, right, would you have not the not even the intelligence but the presence of mind to go, this is a crime scene and I need to preserve it? Or would you just look around and ask other people to look around as well, around the room? Yeah, you'd fucking look. Yeah. Like so, that's your first instinct. Exactly. So they, some some investigators said that the first thing that, like trying to prove them guilty was that why did they have so many people interfere with the space? Because it's a crime scene and all the fingerprints or whatever they might have got just got ruined and they might have, they must have planned that. That is the dumbest shit ever. They say intelligent people should preserve. And I'm like, no, dude, no. you'd fucking look. You'd ask everyone. You don't assume that your kid's been taken, right? You just no, assume you the just, kid might have walked somewhere. You'd be somewhere. like, oh, it's, she's crawled away or whatever. Yeah. And so somebody's argument was they knew what they were doing because they they muddled with the crime scene. Wow. And I'm like, dude, that's... So what is their thing? Are they saying that the parents are now well, suspects? Well, the parents were considered suspect after a while because... Well, everyone is. So real quick, my really close friend, she's a cop. And we were talking about this, especially quite recently after we did episode together, the last episode we did together. The story that you said that was about the... Muslim guy who had dated that Asian chick who passed away. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, uh, the podcast serial in America, which is number one rated podcast. Right. And so um, she said to me, like, while we were having a chat, she goes, oh, you know how you guys kind of talked about it in a way of like, well, that was to do with racism that they pinned it on him because he's like a brown muzzy guy. I'm like, yeah. Well, we didn't didn't say it was racism. We said that it was one of the inferences made by the child's community. The child's community. Well, that guy was a kid when he right. was he was yeah, sixteen yeah, yeah. years old. Okay, but what I guess she was trying to say is that she goes, "Look, 
you know, when, when you're a cop, what you have to do is look at every single person surrounding that person. Absolutely. So that's just, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. you could be a parent, you could be a child, you can be a best friend, whatever. Any surrounding people of the victim are the ones that are suspect immediately. Well, that's what they happened in the Madeleine McCann case, which yeah. they, were, they were questioning yes. that until about 30 days since the kid was missing, nobody even investigated the parents ever. They just assumed that the parents were innocent. I guess because, like, I don't know if there's a difference between when, you know, you're the person who calls for the police to be, like, in panic, where is my child? Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess because of that, maybe. It could just be that. It could be, well, I mean, they were panicking. They're the ones who called the police to begin yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, and... They, they compared it. Why it was brought up by the British media is because uh, they had these two kids in the 1980s who were kidnapped from a school after the school finished and killed. Well, initially the kids were missing. Okay, yeah. And this guy came forward to help. Yeah. Right? And he was the gatekeeper of the school or something. He was part yeah. of the school authority. And he said, look, it's really sad that these kids were you know, taken away or they disappeared. I was the last person to talk to them and they looked fine. And he was giving all the help that he could. Turns mm-hmm. out he had murdered them. What the fuck? Yeah. So, so then oh in the Madeleine God. McCann case, they ended up, there was this one man who was helping with the investigation because they were in Portugal. So there's a language barrier. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of British people that it's like Thailand for Aussie people. They all just like have their summer houses there. Yeah. So this British man was trying to help the McCann family and was being a liaison between police mm-hmm. and the family. Okay. And he was always around in the surrounding area and he was always on camera. Right. And after a couple of days, they were like, hey, what if he's the guy who's done it? Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So they put this poor guy, and this this guy looked funny as well. Like, uh, like a... He's, so he's blind in one eye, so his one eye is a lot smaller than the other. So he just so looks... So he looks like a creep, Well, unfortunately. <laughs> well, it's true, though. If a person looks like a criminal, we assume the chances are that he could be a criminal. Well, yeah, there are certain people that just look creepy. Yeah. And you just automatically get that like uh, feeling in your in the back of your, you which know. is which is sad because it is. There, there are a lot of people. I can't who, help it. Yeah, like if you look at people like Ted Bundy, who's the most charismatic oh my looking God. guy. When he, I saw that, yeah, I was like, dude, he does not look like it. Ham was actually watching Chris Watts, which I've seen Chris Watts one as well, like his wife and two kids, and then put them in silos, didn't he? His wife was pregnant. And he had two daughters and all of that sort of stuff, right? When you said Ted Bundy, um, it just reminded me of that because apparently Homero said the one thing that stuck out with this story is how normal he looked to whatever average looking guy. The reason they say looks are deceiving, but behavior is not. Behavior is not deceiving. Yeah, so, oh yeah, the I, I've seen it. The American murder. Yeah, the American murder, the family next door. It's very famous. So looks are deceiving, but behavior is not. What? caught Chris Watts at the end was the fact that he was behaving weird. Okay, yes. And there's so many times that every day we see weird behavior by some people and we just assume whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But they say like the chances of you being surrounded by a serial killer are pretty high on an everyday. People who are going to murder someone in their lifetime. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And a lot of times we just ignore weird behavior. But normal people have weird behavior sometimes and that's a signal that something's not right. Yeah, I guess we just don't know what to classify as weird, though. Exactly. We don't know. But because l- people are unpredictable. People are very unpredictable. And so, this guy, Chris Watts, was up at like three in the morning that, that morning of the murder. Yeah. 
Because he was taking the fucking bodies all the way to a silo. And well, apparently he, like, killed her and then he, like, had the kids in the back seat. Yeah, and they didn't know where the... And they were crying and, like, begging him. But the stupid part is, like, in the world of CCTV cameras, with Madeleine McCann it was hard because there were no CCTV cameras in Portugal at the time in that mm. hotel. And this is pretty recent, 2003 or something. Yeah. But, like, with fucking Chris Watts, it was right there, dude. It was, like, right next to you. The neighbors had cameras, CCTV cameras. Oh, yeah. So they could literally see him, like, loading his up house. his fucking car for, like, two hours. Nobody loads his car up for two hours. Yeah. Well, okay, so segue from here. Something I watched today was Michael Drain on his Instagram. He's put up a new video where he sort of, and this is a bit of to let people know that, you know, don't want to be listening to this. It is a bit gruesome and it's a bit much. So if, you, if you're a bit funny with that sort of stuff and you have PTSD, yeah, just stop listening, I guess. But basically the topic that he had was Yunko Furuta. Now that happened in the 1980s. So it was a very long time ago. It happened in Japan. And he's talked about sort of social psychological aspects of this. But basically, just to kind of give a summary, the whole situation was basically that she was this young girl, really quite popular, intelligent, grade A student. And she, you know, didn't go out partying. She was not like that at all. She was one of those good girls, known, known she to She was be. like me. No, you've done drugs in the past. So. I did drug singular. You did... Yeah. Drug singular. Okay, well, you OD'd on it. Drug singular. <laughs> so, really good girl. She was, for 44 days straight, tortured, raped at least 400 times, and then eventually murdered by her schoolmates. And so, the whole thing was... I guess we're talking about parents here. And um, they were a part of this gang. And she had rejected one of the leaders. Pretty much he Like, used... rejected, like... Well, he wanted her. Oh. Yeah. And then she rejected him. So, I guess Michael Drain... If, if people want to know more, they've kind of got to listen to this particular one. It is a bit intense. But if you can endure it and you're interested, definitely head over to his Instagram. Because um, he's got it up on there. But basically, the thing that kind of baffled me the most about this whole thing is that this was happening in one of... So, there was four boys it was happening in one of one of the boys' house and the parents were there for 44 days i'm sure the parents would have known that this is all happening under their roof and what like amazes me the most is that when the police came over even though the police were informed at least three or four times about this and every single time they came over and the parents were like no 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 it's not happening none of that's true instead of questioning any of it and going, hey, let us search then. They were like, oh, okay, cool. And they left it. And I'm assuming it's because of fear that they've done this. But like when you go back to parents, it's just so amazing that they could even allow that to happen. Like, Yeah, but the thing is like realize now it's so easy for us to just sit here and comment on parenting when you're not one. Of and, course. But yeah. I think it's just common sense at this rate. It's got nothing to do with... Well, I think common sense doesn't prevail when high emotions are involved such as fear. I think common sense goes for a six when high emotions are involved. Yeah, I guess. Like I mean, something that's fear. Like that's what they said, like they were trying to get out with Madeleine McCann is like the parents must have done something so bad that eventually what they did was they stopped talking about it. What they, do you mean by they stopped talking about they it? They said, we'll never discuss what happened that night again. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, that nobody can force them to, you know, talk about it again because they had 
they were like, we've relived it so many times, we don't want to say. And people suggested that maybe it's because they know they did something fucked up. Okay. So people are now thinking that they've done something. Yeah. What? Like they killed her? They killed her or they wanted her to be, you know, kidnapped or who knows. But Why would anybody want their kid to be kidnapped? Well, okay. Another really... A really, I'm not going to use that word, but a fascinating case, like mm. you said, a riveting case okay. was uh, this girl in India in Delhi called Arushi Talwar. And there's a movie called Talwar, which was made yeah, after okay. that. And it's a f- really, really fascinating story about this 15 year old girl. The father found the girl lying in a pool of blood on her bed. She's 15, 14 years old, actually. She was strangled and they couldn't believe it. The parents couldn't believe it. And two days later, they found... Pool of blood strangled. I don't know if she was strangled. No, I think she was hit on the head with something. Right. Uh, So her head was completely smashed. And the parents found that. And they they got the cops and everyone was there, but they couldn't find the, the guy who was the helper. So you know how in India you've got like servants. Yeah. So they couldn't find the servant for two days. Finally, they went on the roof on the third day to like check out the whole house and they found the servant also dead because they were assuming the first two days that the servant did it and they might have been having an affair. Now, Shit. now, what happened is the police botched the case because uh, on the first day, again, there were so many people inside the house that they didn't take any evidence properly. It was all like meddled with. Mm-hmm. And finally, they arrested the parents and said that the parents did it. Oh, no. And the parents were in uh, jail for like eight years. And they were both well-respected doctors. Like rumors started coming out that they were into wife swapping and stuff like that. Anything uh, to get the parents into jail. Yeah, to make them look, bad, look like, like bad. bad characters. Yeah. So, and they didn't do it, obviously. We don't know. Of course, they, they say that, of course, they didn't do it. Yeah. And there was a cop who finally got onto the case after three years after the police had fucked it up. And he was able to get one of the guys who used to work for the male doctor. And the male doctor had fired this guy. He was a compounder. Compounder is someone who works in your pharmacy or something. Yeah, compounds like uh, the ointments or yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently he had bad blood with the owner, the father. Right. And they put him under this gas, which makes you like go into his subconscious. You know, where you start saying the truth and stuff. Like right, it, a gas. I don't, don't know they what they usually use you. like those machines? No, it wasn't a machine. Yeah, I think it was a, a forensic lie detecting machine, but mm-hmm. they put you under influence. So basically you can't use your conscious mind. Yeah, okay. And the guy basically admitted it. He said, I killed her, but they can't use that evidence in court. Because it was not... It was forcefully taken. Oh my God. So that How case has never been solved. Shit. But going so back he, to parenting... he would have done it. That's But he got out of jail because there was no evidence against him. Yeah, it's fucked up though. But going back to the idea of parenting is the parents were like, how could we even think about murdering our own kids? See, and that's the thing. And so obviously, yes, but then there are those parents out there that do it. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes, especially in countries like India and Pakistan, when you kill for pride. Honor killing. Honor killing. That's what they call this case in Delhi as well. It was an honor killing because they realized their daughter at 14 years old was sleeping with a servant or whatever. Honor killing is quite common in India and Pakistan. Mm, where, where parents kill or there was a huge case in Pakistan where the brother killed his sister because the sister had slept around with more than one guy and he just like absolutely just mutilated her i do remember you telling me the whole village just gets together yeah but to it, do it but it's because of the parents expectation of a daughter especially in south asian cultures versus the expectation of a son if the yeah. same thing was done by a son the whole village wouldn't get together and kill the fucking son no they'd be like well you're a man you should know better 
But for a yeah, woman... I don't know why. So, I mean, this is the thing, right? And we go back to... Oh, my God. I can't decide which topic I want to well, start. Let's just stay on parenting because <laughs> but, we have touched on parenting as a I critical really, one. This is such a good segue for feminism then. That, okay, yeah. Then we'll get to that. But let's just stick, <laughs> stick to one. Okay. Don't jump. Mm, all right. Well, but I can't because now I've, I'm going to go on to a whole different topic. Okay, go. Well, it's, and it's it is about parenting, but it's about the documentary or docuseries that I watched. Yeah. Yesterday. So, The Pharmacist. Yeah. This is like another case of a to- like a totally devoted father. You know, his son died in, in a sort of like a gangster town. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much got obsessed. And, you know, he was obviously like absolutely loved his son. He was a pharmacist. That's what's called the pharmacist. It does go into a whole section where they kind of talk about drug abuse. Mm-hmm especially of opioids. And the thing that he sort of did was he got so obsessed with the whole thing that he ended up basically investigating who killed his son. And eventually they found the killer of the son because the police couldn't do it. Oh, so he he became like a vigilante. Pretty much. Um, How did he find? Oh, okay. Maybe it should be part of the spoilers. Okay, yep. Anyways. (laughs) So he got obsessed with all of it. And he pretty much did the police job. There is a lot of, especially right now, uh, with cops in general, they are cop, well, no puns intended, but they're copping a lot. But <laughs> yes. a lot of people don't understand cops are not just working on one case at one time. Yes. They have like thousands and they have limited resources, yeah. which is why the Madeleine McCann case upset so many people because they said that if the same resources that were used for this girl were used for local Portugal kids, mm-hmm. which thousands of them went missing in one year, mm-hmm. maybe some of them would have been found. Yeah. And it's about how we allocate resources, especially when it comes to police, because think about it, like the amount of... Have you seen The Night Stalker? Guy? I haven't watched that docker yet. But... Yeah, but he the, the main cop in charge talks about, you know, how hard they were working. They're working like... 16 hours a day to look at all the clues or you know how people inform mm. and say oh i might have seen something yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. like thousands of people send in that and they yeah. have to investigate every single one of them because and there's so many processes that are applied yeah and paperwork mm, the paperwork yeah. so i understand if a cop says hey man we can't do this but i get that vigilantes and a, a father would do it well so in this particular one they say it was really funny like as you kind of continue to watch he was just talking about how the cops weren't doing their job and then there was like a part where the cops got to talk and say well we were but we couldn't talk about the actual investigation well that's a, that's the other things so we can't give things away and this is where the media and the cops always butt heads because the media wants full disclosure and the cops are like if we disclose everything chances are we might not be able to find the suspect exactly because then too many people have their fingers in the pie which i think is completely understandable yeah it is and media just wants a fucking story of course the media that's their job though yeah you know something i read a couple of weeks ago on reddit actually some user they put up this thing where they said i have facial dysphoria or something yeah and basically what that means is that they feel like they don't know what their actual face looks like so they look in the mirror and they can't see anything they can't recognize themselves and it's almost scary to them because they're like who is this person looking at me right now if you think about it it is quite true we only know what we look like through either other people or the mirror yeah that's true and like someone just made this mirror we don't actually know if it's a true reflection of us you know how mirrors can just distort people you know at the end of the day we look like how we look i mean if you look at take a fucking photo of yourself it still looks like that right so it's not like someone's just edited a mirror yeah but it's (laughs) it's the only way we know as well is what i'm saying okay 
at least we can accept that this is what I look like and we can recognize ourselves, right? So if I saw, if somebody took a photo of me and I saw that, I'd be like, that's me. Whereas this person saying, I wouldn't know if that was me. That's, that's a form of anxiety. Yeah. So everybody was kind of asking this person, where did this develop from? And she goes that it happened because my parents, when I was very young, kept telling me that they'll do some facial surgery on me when I get older. In other words, they were like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll do some surgery on you when you get older. You're going to need some surgery. That's a pretty bizarre thing to tell your kid. No shit. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that is just fucked up. Like parents can actually really fuck you up. Well, they are your first point of contact. Yeah. And I mean, they're everything to you. Like, especially when you're young. You- well, one of my favorite comedians, George Carlin, talks about kids are the only people in the world we're allowed to hit, <laughs> which is so fucked up. Think about- And they're so- the only people that need not need to be taken care of. I know. And so this kind of kind of brings me back to, you know, something you and I were discussing a while ago where people kind of just have a child. Like, yeah. that's just the next thing they have to do. Yeah. And... Without knowing if there's... If that's something that they truly want. Or ready for a lot of the time. And well, I know that a lot of people will say that, oh, you'll just never know. You've just got to have a child. You'll never well, know. Well, a lot of people say you'll grow into it. And, and you, yeah. you you know, it's a this is a phase. But the other thing is, how do you ever know if you're ready for something? Yeah. There is, there is no test for no, readiness, there isn't. is it? No, there isn't. I guess what it was is that people have this underlying pressure to have a child. It's like a phase thing. It's like, this is a part of your life. This is what you're going to do. And this is how life goes. You procreate. That's what life is. So it's kind of like that thing. And so people kind of just have it. South Asian communities, especially poor people, they have kids so that they have more hands to help. That's like, if we're really talking about those, I mean, there is such a big issue in third world countries. Countries. That's why female infanticide exists, because male kids will be able to help. And somehow we think that female kids won't be able to, which is so stupid, because a lot of times, you know, even with mm. families that beg and in the streets in India and mm-hmm. or in Pakistan, they think that the more hands we have, the more we can beg. And is that really a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they think that because males, because of the fact that they can survive longer and they're stronger physically, they can sustain. Or they'll be able to make money yeah, somehow. They can do that for more time because it's more physical. Like just mm-hmm. begging for shit. Yeah. But they don't think that maybe the female kid has some other capabilities of, yes. you know, bringing money in. Yeah. I was talking to your dad yesterday and why oh, I made the mistake of asking him why people are so scared of dying. I shouldn't have fucking asked that. <laughs> I and I don't, I, I find it abs- absurd that people are scared of death. Mm. It's, a, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Mm. See? used it. I did. It's because of you. But yeah, it is because what is it that we're so afraid of? I think it's the fact that we haven't lived out our life here. Well, that's funny you say that because that's what I thought and your dad said something different. He said it because you know that after you die, it's judgment. That's what you're scared of. I don't know though, but that's if you believe in that as a religious... Actually as well, a lot of people do believe that there's some sort of judgment because otherwise it's really shit for people to kind of go... Like someone, like say someone like Osama bin Laden, right? He's dead. And imagine yeah. if there was no justice. Like he went up there and God was like, oh yeah, it's dinner time. <laughs> like the conversation about 9-11 never happened. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck did you do at 9-11? Like none of that happened. It's like, so lamb chops or, or, or what do you want to eat? Uh, so no, that so- make people really angry that how come he didn't have to answer for his 
sense. Except that if you believe in that, that's it, right? Like at the end of the day, it really just comes down to your belief systems. But don't you believe in justice? Me? I know I believe in justice, but what I'm saying is that the only thing that can kind of give justice when you're talking about the higher power aspect is a god. Exactly. So, But if you don't believe in a god... So then how do you believe in justice and not a god? Well, as in justice on earth? That's a different concept altogether, though. Because we're living, so we can give justice to one another. Yeah, but say if that that's not able... Someone gets away with something, would you feel like, fuck, they got away with it and that's the end of the story? Well, like if they died? Yeah. See, that that's the thing. It's hard because if you don't... If you believe in a higher power, then you will believe that there will be justice and redemption for your wrongdoings on mm. earth. Mm. But then it comes down to, you know, if there is a God up there, otherwise you just die and then that's it. Yeah. But there's no concept of what happens to you after that, like what happens to your soul. Well, I, I think it's another way of controlling uh, people, right? Otherwise, if people knew that there's like... You can just die and whatever. Everyone would fucking commit crime, killing spree. I, I mean, think it's, it's a mystery for a lot of people, though. Unless you believe in a religion, I think it's a mystery for most people but that don't. But even if you believe in religion and you go up there and there's nothing like that, that's a fucking disappointment. What? Like you believe in the God. Yeah, but that's the same as like people that are atheist and, or, then, or people that are... that still works out better for them. Because they're like, oh, I fucking knew this anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then what happens to your soul? Like what is their thoughts on what happens to your soul? Or I they just think know, it's black. I it's all black. I don't So I don't know if I'm afraid of death or not. I don't think about death often, but I think that's common, right? We don't think about death. I think about it a lot. Really? Very interesting. Yeah, it's a very, it's it's one of the most mystical things in the world. No, I know, but do you ever think, oh, I'm going to die? I don't think about me being there. Exactly. No, no, no. I just think about the idea of death in general. Yeah, I, well, I don't think about the idea of death in general, but I also don't think of me dying anytime soon. Like we have plans and I, I plan my future and think, oh, I mean, it's like in my head, I'm like, I'll, I'll live for a very long time. Good, good for you. (laughs) But I, I'd be fine. Like, Good for you. If I did die after this podcast, like I'll be pretty happy. Would you? Well, I'll be chucked. Yes. Well, okay. Why? Because I've done well. But I've got, we've got appointments in the next couple fucking... That doesn't matter. If, if we take... We just did a really solid podcast for us just before this. And that's the problem. I'll have a problem with it, though. It's because you, you ha- actually have a hard time living in the present. Me? You're always in the future, yes. I'm not always in the future. Well, mostly you, you need to plan everything because you're so far... I don't plan a lot. No, you plan, like, things to the tape. But you have to plan things, too, to get shit done. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't get shit done. Well, that, that's interesting because I can do that and still get shit done. Like, I can live in the present. But you do plan done. stuff. Barely. I, things just automatically get done. I think I balance both. I think the things that I need to plan out, I will plan out. Like, if I stopped planning right now, let's do a challenge then. If I stop planning right now, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get anxious as fuck. That's what's going to happen. No, I won't. 100 I'll drop the ball. No, well, you've dropped the this ball. This is a threat. I'm it's, dropping. I'm going to drop the ball. It's not a threat because it's a tendency. <laughs> you can do it quite easily. I heard it from the Yeah, I heard it from the astrologist. She told me. It's not a big deal. I can easily drop the ball. Yeah, you can easily. Yeah, it'll be just be a big ball to fucking put pick up again who's gonna pick it up if i'm dropping it i'll have to pick it up of course exactly and then you're gonna have to plan it and you're gonna realize that fuck you have to plan shit yeah look i'm not saying it's a bad thing to plan shit but i think a lot of times people plan too many things too far in the i don't though i plan like i have ideas i know but you literally just said to me that oh you plan everything to a t well i fucking don't i actually don't plan everything to a t the only thing i plan are deadlines if i know that i've got a deadline to reach i'll plan for it i also hate that word 
like people don't take it seriously, like the word deadline. The other thing that I really wondered about this week was mm. um, people talking about God, right? So why is it? Who, that who was talking about God? I don't know. Someone, probably your dad. Oh yeah, that's not a surprise. So when we put someone in a grave, we're putting them down into the ground. Why do we say they look? Why do we assume then they go up? Because their spirit is up in heaven. But why can't the spirit be down in the ground? Because it wouldn't be. The spirit rises from the body and oh, flies up like to heaven. Oh, because it's like hot air. Spirit is like fucking hot well, air. Yeah. It has to rise. One hundred percent. Who said spirits have to rise? Where did that idea come from? It's a biblical thing. Somehow, like under the ground is bad. Well, under the ground, the only reason you go into the ground is because you know Islam especially says this is that your body is made from bacteria, dirt, yeah, and it goes back to the ground. It's like compost. Yes, which is really good. So you become part of the ground, which is become you part of the earth. Which which is what you should be, unless you're being burnt. Well, even then, your ashes Cremation. go back. Your ashes go into the water. You yeah. can collect ashes in a jar and then put it in the water, which I think is a fucking terrible idea. What do you mean? Like so, in India, they do that at the Ganga, yeah, the Holy River. They Why do they? What is? Can you explain this to me? What well, is the cremation? I don't, I don't know clearly, but what I remember when when my grandfather passed away, um, it was really it was really quite confronting because you see this person's um, dead body, and dead bodies are weird. Like, firstly, they are. Dead they're very are weird. Fucking weird. Like they're really, really. It's, and sometimes when their eyes are open, you think they're still alive because their eyes follow you whenever you move. Have you ever experienced that? Okay, no, this is weird. No. Oh, okay, never mind. Wait, Continue your story. What do you mean? No, as in like when a, a dead body, if you were to look at its eyes, I'm pretty sure like in your brain, that dead person is supposed to be living. So you always look at it and you think the chest is rising up and down because it, so because a, this person's breathing. It's, it's an, an illusion. illusion in our head. Oh, yeah. What, what bro broke that illusion was when I felt his arms and it, they were really cold. Yeah. And you could feel that there's no life in it. Mm, yep. It's like um, if you're. Oh, I'm going to do an analogy. Yeah, okay. It's, yep. it's it's like when uh, think about a clock, right? Like a little watch. Yes. You can hear the tick, tick. Yeah, tick, yeah, and yeah. Suddenly, it's not there. Mm -hmm. You can feel it that something's missing. Yeah. So I when it's I. It's like dead silence. Yeah. Except I, that I don't have a clock in this house. Nobody has clocks anymore. Yeah. And pointless. <laughs> We're going back to a dead body. <laughs> yeah. It's more. It's more like when you touch the arm, it's cold, and you don't feel a sensation. You can feel the pulse, right? Yeah, normally. Yeah, without the pulse, it feels really weird. Like mm. The body feels fucking weird. And then I had to like burn it. And burning is pretty fucking aggressive. Yeah. Like just lighting up on something on fire is pretty fucking... Especially a human's body. Well, yeah. Mm. I, you don't even remember that it's human's body because they cover it up with logs and shit. Mm. But, and so what you've got left when the fire ends is ashes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and then so they collect those. They collect those and then they put in the fucking water, which is so pointless. Like what, it's like basically carbon that you're put, putting inside because we've made up of carbon. So you're putting fucking carbon in the water. Oh, again. wow. Yeah, I never even considered that. Which is fucking ridiculous. You're polluting the water is what you're doing. I'd be buried. What would you do? I don't know. I'd probably like give fucking all my body parts to someone, whatever's left. I don't know. Yeah, I would actually want to donate everything. Put in the compost bin. Put in the right bin, though. I put it in the, the compost. Right Don't put in the plastic one. We're collecting it the next day. It really bad. Yeah. Imagine there's a dead body and it's just their day fucking gone. Somebody just puts your dead body in a garbage bag. In a fucking box. You know when we were talking about the pharmacist? Hmm. Yeah. There was a part in the doco which 
kind of said that after they found out who the killer was, yeah, that all happened. We finally persecuted the person that killed our son, blah, blah, blah. And then they were kind of like, oh, that's all done now. And then they're like, nothing changed for them. Like they were still sad, right? Of course. And it's just something you involve yourself in. And once it's done, what then? Yes. So it was a way to keep themselves busy. Mm. It was a way for them to be like, I'm going to do something that's going to keep my mind off stuff. Mind occupied. Right. So then they were like, well, shit, I still feel shit and I still feel broken. And then they were like, we never got our closure. So that's one of the topics I really want to talk about today. Closure. Does it actually work? Um. Is it a thing? I mean... Okay, so if I go back to my past in my life, I always thought after, you know, at the end of every relationship, I would be like, you know, sad over it and all that sort of stuff. And I would always feel like I just don't have closure. Like we say that a lot. Yeah, I don't believe in that. I think it's a perception thing. I think anything could be perceived as closure. What do you mean? It's, it's just about how you see it. I, I think like, okay, for example, when my grandfather passed away, uh, I wasn't very close to him. And, uh, you know, he hated that, that I wasn't because he always tried to be really close to me and call me. But then when I used to talk to him, he would always say, oh, why don't you ever call me? So it was always the same thing. He would complain. He would complain. And finally, when he passed away, of course, I was I was really broken. And a part of me was like, oh, I wish, you know, I'd spend more time with him. So that's this feeling of something's missing. Yeah. Which makes you think you needed closure. But then I thought about all the times that, you know, that I did sit down and talk to him and we had great conversations. Suddenly I'm thinking, oh, our relationship was good. So I didn't need closure. And that's yeah. that's fine because I perceived that nothing was actually missing. And how can you ever get closure? So that's my question. We speak about closure often. I think it's something that's a very fancy word. It is, and I think it's a pop culture word. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. so, you know, because I, I speak to some people and I think, oh, I can't get over this until this happens, or I can't get over this until I get this. But at the end of the day, I feel like even if we got that, we're still going to be unsatisfied, and it's just because we're not doing our inner work, right? Yes, exactly. So I, out of curiosity, I kind of had a look at some stuff, and basically they were saying dimensional structure of the need for cognitive closure. Mm-hmm. So relationship with seizing and freezing processes mm-hmm. means that something that just suddenly happens and it freezes you in that moment. So pretty much what they say is that to achieve closure, relationships with... So basically the effects of two distinct components, closure on mental health. So that basically they've said that the results say that the idea that individual differences in the need and ability to achieve cognitive closure is basically a pivotal role in the way we feel. This particular article, this is just from Psychology Today, and it's by Mariana Bokorava, basically talking about, uh, she's talking about relationships that are broken, but I think that this applies across the board. So basically what she says in this one is that we as humans inherently see the world or understand the world through stories. So we create a past, present and a future and then navigate our world through this cognitive structuring. The reason we want closure is so that we can understand and restructure our story and we think that that's why we need it. The thing is though, and having said that, it's the whole thing of, okay, fine, we understand it and then we wonder about it so much that we get obsessed with wondering about it and I think that that kind of becomes our story in itself. Yes, that is very, very true and it's the narrative. Yeah. Right, that we tell ourselves and 
But the thing about narrative is it's got nothing to do with your conscious brain. The mm. narrative uh, actually makes you feel a certain way, which is what the subconscious notices. Okay. And once the subconscious notices that, then it wants more of that because that's what you're feeding it. Mm-hmm. Right? So automatically you say, fuck, I need closure, which, uh, by the way, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's a neediness thing. Mm. That's that's what it is. It's just so we can say to ourselves that this is the reason why this is happening. Because we we can't deal with situations that we that are left open yeah that don't explain themselves in black and white yeah it can be gray mostly is gray of course and we don't like gray the human brain doesn't like gray um we want a yes or no answer you know when we go back to this this pharmacist documentary that's what happened to the father he said he couldn't rest until he found who the killer was but then the problem was is once they found the killer they were like well we haven't even mourned his death now because we got so busy trying to find his killer and now we just have to mourn and you know i think that that's kind of key and morning is the closure well yeah and i think that we kind of expect an answer we expect somebody to say especially the person who hurt us usually um to sit there with us and give us the answer but at the end of the day i think that it doesn't really matter interesting documentary that i watched which which is worth mentioning here uh this documentary is called the look of silence and so this is about the mass executions that took place of communists in indonesia in the 60s or 70s mm-hmm. and it's directed by this amazing director joshua oppenheimer and it's about this one person whose father was killed in in this mass uh, slaughtering that happened. If you were communist in Indonesia at that time, you were just like slaughtered. And they were slaughtering in like groups and groups. Okay. And the part one of this documentary is called The Act of Killing. Oh. And the guy, what he wanted to do was uh, he wanted to go face to face with the man who killed his father. Oh, wow. And that man was part of the government because that's what the government, it was the government who was slaughtering. Yeah. That's why it was a civil war, of course. And he said that when I actually faced him, and they show it in the documentary, they're just two people sitting on a chair face to face mm-hmm. by the way this is the killer of his father and they're just sitting and this guy from the government he he gets very nervous and he doesn't want to talk and yeah. the other guy's like look i'm not here to blame you or anything i just want to know why you did it mm. i just want to know the real reason you did it and the person this person opposite him was just breaking down mm. Because it was something as part of a government thing that they just had to do. And it wasn't a conversation you'd expect where they're going at each other. What, you kill? Of course not. Like the movie show it. Yeah. Yeah. It was two very broken people talking to each other and trying to make sense of it, Mm. which is what I think closure is. It's when you try to make sense of something. Yes. And if it makes sense in your brain, you go, okay, fine, I can move on. And if you can't make sense of it, you go, oh shit, now what? And it's your brain's ability to problem solve and make sense of things the whole time. Which makes sense. Sense. It does. (laughs) Yeah. But it's dangerous. It is, yes. Because you have to kind of, I I think that Sometimes we don't get it. You know, sometimes there will be times where you just think, like, especially in relationships, I find that this happens a lot. Like, especially when someone gets killed. In a relationship? um, Well, relationships are all sorts of relationships. But if, like, okay, if you're in a romantic relationship, let's just say, and somebody suddenly out of the blue just breaks up with you and there's no real... And it's very common. Oh, yeah. It is so common. The amount of stories I've heard where people just get ghosted after years of being with somebody is Mm -hmm. just madness. And, you know, that sort of stuff, I can only imagine that sort of shit would stay with you for a very, very long time because especially if they've kind of just left and there's no real reason for why. So I think that that sort of stuff, yeah, it can stay because you just imagine 
all these happy times and you think, but there wasn't anything shit about our relationship that... In, in your perception. In your perception. But it is their fault because they haven't told you, right? They haven't told you, hey, look, I'm leaving because... Yeah, this, yeah they this haven't and that. communicated. Yeah. And then when we're talking about other relationships, like, for example, these parents that persecuted in the end the killer of their son you know they're like well we just in the end even though that was technically closure that was still in a lot of pain they found who the killer was because for ages they were like oh we needed that closure we we needed to find out who the killer of our son was then when they got it they're like well it doesn't make it any easier no and it's it's never going to make it easier yeah and i think that we kind of have to get to the part where if we're never going to get the closure we just have to work on getting over it which is a hard part. Or I would say moving on. Yeah. George Carlin, again, this comedian was talking about how language has been changed to make the thing easier to deal with for the government. So initially, when people had PTSD, it was called shell shock after oh, World War II. Okay. Which makes sense because that's exactly what it is. Someone shelled you and you're fucking shocked from it. Right. Right? Shelling is like bombing and okay. shit like that. Yeah, okay. But then they decided, oh, we, we want to make the language prettier so it's easier to deal with. So they called it something else. And what, then finally. Post traumatic stress. And then finally we said, we gave it this complicated word, post traumatic stress disorder. Okay. And we make it sound like a really, really hard, like really complex thing. But it's basically soldiers who were fucking shooting and killing each other. Mm. And now have been impacted by that. And yeah. like, they don't get that necessary, you know, especially in countries like America and even mm. Australia, like veterans don't have that care. Yeah. And people don't know how to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder. It's very hard to deal with. Yeah. We should probably get somebody in to actually talk about that. Back to what we were talking about earlier, which was parenting. Yeah. This is like, you know, we, we touched on closure, which I think is, you know, that's going to take... By the way, uh, that being said, like, both of us don't have kids. So, of course, you know, we don't know what it's like to be a parent. We do realize that. It's a big job, really. It, it, it is a massive job. And I think some people, it turns out for the better. They become yeah, parents. They, and become they become amazing parents. Yeah, they become really amazing parents. But then there's a whole flip side to f- amazing parenting too, because you get really, your kids grow up, even if you're amazing, you've done everything right. Your kids can kind of become quite entitled. Yeah. yeah. Because they do everything right. You know, you do everything right by them. And then they're like entitled kids because they're like, oh, I deserve it. I deserve all of this. So it's just hard. I think parenting is tough. It's not easy. Like you could do whatever you possibly can. You just to raise a kid and you just don't know what the fuck will happen. And the the complicated part of it is to easily blame the parents. Yeah. It's so easy to blame the parents, right? If Even if the p- kids were parented, as you said, like perfectly, mm-hmm. there's still a flip side to it. Yeah. Human beings are really flawed. No matter how well you bring them up, mm-hmm. they are going to get... Like, we do have vices. We all have vices. We do. So what are you going to do? Like, blame the parents every single time? Exactly. You can't. And when do we start taking responsibility? There's only so much parenting that can be done until your kid their own mind to be able to make up you know like the way I'm going to carry myself now what I do think it is important that you know I wish like every parent would know or like I would tell other people is I think telling your 
kids that they're enough mm-hmm. and there is nothing there's nothing complicated about that just telling them that they're enough just because they exist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think would be a good thing to tell them not showering them with love every single day but telling them like as a communicating with a kid as an adult I think that could make a big difference in you know at least those formative years where they're the subconscious is absorbing everything because that's most things most problems are either arise out of the fact where we think we might not be enough for something oh uh, this really annoyed me as well someone today said oh let's just do it fuck it i'm like the phrase fuck it is the reason for so many problems in this world right? what do you mean fuck it let's just do this and i'm like that's pretty good though isn't it yeah but a lot of things when we do it because of fuck it is not the right motive behind doing it what do you mean please explain like like okay the phrase yolo i really fucking hate yolo and the people who use it you know what i hate more than yolo no regrets do people use that that much oh yeah see i don't meet enough people who say no regrets no it was a big thing for a while it was a big thing for a while i think it's fucking stupid if you are the type of person that walks around and goes oh that was fucked but no regrets you're a fucking idiot because if you don't have regrets how are you learning the only way people learn to not do something is by having a fucking regret. How do you define regret? Regret is feeling shit about it. Is that what you Yeah, regret is I fucking shouldn't have done that. And then if you're saying, "Oh, no regrets," you could, you're going to keep doing it. No, but no, but you could still go, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." You don't say it's it's not a shit feeling. It could be, "Oh, I just learned something." But don't say no regrets. Say, "Yeah, I regret doing that." But you know what? I got something out of it. So yes, regrets. Of course, people have fucking regrets. But yes, regret doesn't sound good as a phrase. <laughs> Nobody's. Oh yes, regrets. <laughs> yes, regrets. Yes, girl. Yes, regrets. But no, it is. It like I think it's just stupid to put that connotation in anyone's head. It's literally like saying, guys, go ahead and fuck up and don't have the regret of it. No, because now you're going to continuously fuck up because you have no regrets. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and I I think the issue with that is that. there should be a specific time before you can have a regret you can't do something yesterday and go oh no regrets it should be 5 years down the line yeah but that's what people do like they just say that oh you know fucking something happened years ago but no regrets i have no regrets i live my life with no regrets like that is literally so if someone the dumbest a, shit if someone jumped off a plane and they hated it right they jump off a plane they fucking hated it Yeah, but they did it anyways even though they had a traumatic experience and mm-hmm. then they go, "Oh, no regrets." That's just well, you're going to learn from it. Are you ever going to do it again? You're likely not to do it, right? And why are you likely not to do it? Because you regretted doing it in the first place. Literally regrets are the only things that teach us. If you don't have regrets, you are not learning. Well, my my issue with regrets is that regrets is berating yourself, which is not a good idea. Maybe it's the word, but but it's a feeling that where you criticize yourself, and I don't think that takes you anywhere. criticizing yourself for it. Of course not, you know, in the biggest scheme of things, but in at the end of the day you you have to kind of learn from it. Mm. Yeah, of course, be on your team, but also learn from that shit and don't do it again. Yeah. That's all it is. Be on your team. Yes. Like 10 people right <laughs> of you. Just be on your team. Such an American. Uh, I actually gave that. similar advice to a good friend of mine. She, you know, her and I were sitting down and I said, you know, we're kind of at the party and we're here. and we're waiting for you but you're the only one not here. <laughs> pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Did she get it? Yeah, she did. That's important. <laughs> Imagine if she was a dumb bitch who didn't get it. <laughs> no, she's not a dumb bitch. But that's too profound. Sometimes I hate that like you say something so profound and people What me? I know I do all the time. You do. <laughs> no regrets.
There's no fucking. I have regrets. I, all of us should have exactly regrets. my fucking point. For, for people, so this is literally for the people that are walking around saying, "Oh, I've got no regrets in my life. I just have no regrets." It's like, shut up, you cocky bastard, and admit to your regrets and say that it's okay that I did those things. And yes, they sucked fucking major dick, but I, I did them, and I'm not going to do them again because I've I regretted doing them. That's that's very true. Because otherwise, you're just saying, "Oh, no regrets," and you're going to go and fucking do it again. Like, what's the point? I think it's also when you start the sentence by saying people walking around, they're automatically dumb fucks, no matter what they do. <laughs> Anyone you know, that walks people around, walking around talking about meditation, should just shut the fuck up. Like you could put people anything in front around. of them. People walking around with their dogs. <laughs> See, even that's already you annoyed. I don't know why we say that, but it's kind of cute when you think about it. So people like, walking around cute. with their water bottles can the go fuck and their sippy cups. Anyways, let's get to things that are on our hand and are important rather than bullshit. <laughs> I don't have time for bullshit. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Mr. Serious now. That's how I live my life, okay. by rules. Whatever. You don't live your life by rules. You're the furthest one to live. You don't know anything about my life. Whenever I call you, it's all about your life. My life is just how? this fucking limbo. What do you mean it's you all... You don't know anything about my life. <laughs> Outside of this you room, are being so you have no fucking true, idea. Okay, well, tell me about I was you. being dramatic. You were feeding a dog with the fucking fork <laughs> and I'm being dramatic that dog's two years old he's 14 in human years food so you feed him with a fucking fork well I could have gotten a spoon but I yeah, had fork available have, at the time you should have got a spoon because that would have been quicker <laughs> so okay so something that happened uh, last week on Friday it was last my last day and it was a good day overall now about a month prior there was this cleaner and she started there um, but you know that I've had like you know a lot like a few from cleaners have come in and I've kind of made friends with some of them and you know given them my number and you know whatever yeah but this one she started about a month and a bit just before I was about to quit yeah and anyway so she started she's an older woman Sri Lankan and really quiet obviously keeps to herself and you know I just started you know saying hi to her you know giving her a big smile saying hi asking her how she is and whatever and that's just what I you know whatever I, I did that every day so one time maybe three weeks before and I was already going to be moving on um, to a new job by that point but for the first time we actually had a conversation in the hall and she just goes to me I just wanted to say that I'm really happy you know that you work here and I was like oh that's really sweet and she's like you know like I know like I'm a cleaner and a lot of the time I find that people aren't very nice and and don't really like they don't acknowledge me they don't look at me you know I'll smile at them and I don't get anything back and blah 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 which, which is in itself pretty fucked up to me and so I was just like oh you know I was just like talking to her and she said yeah you know that most of the people here are really sweet they always kind of look at me and greet me and smile at me at the most anyway I told her you know I'm leaving and she was like I could tell that she was really upset and she was just like oh are you leaving okay and then the day before my last day I said to her hey you know tomorrow's my last day just letting you know what time you're working till and she's like oh okay yeah I'm working till 12 and I was like okay cool well actually my shift starts at 12 but I'll come in early and she was like okay yeah cool so I got in at about 11 going up to her and I was like oh hey you know before you finish let me know before you go you don't want to say proper goodbye and you know at 12 o'clock she comes over to me and she's like standing there and um I was like oh you know well goodbye and it was you know so I gave her a hug and she just bawled her eyes out on my shoulder and I was like I was shocked because I didn't expect that and 
she was like holding me really tight. And I was like, oh, you know, like you don't have to cry because I'm, I'm not really good at people crying. I don't know what to do whenever people do. And um, she just goes, you know, you are like one of the nicest people and blah, 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 like all this praise. And I was just like, the fact that I'd affected her at such a level for her to, you know, I guess break down, I guess to me shows how important it is to just be nice to people. Mm. Like that is what that moment taught me. And like, I've always kind of known that, but that really just blew the doors open for me at that point where I was like, I I think more than nice. I think nice is generic. I think it's more is when you want to know about people. Yes, I know. And so she, I had asked her prior to that, you know, I was like, yeah, but I ended up giving her my number and I said, if you need anything, let me know. And, you know, make sure you keep in touch. And, you know, if, if, something happens and you, you know, whatever, because it's hard. It is hard coming from, you know, a third world country to make a good life for yourself. And Sri Lanka is not even that, you know, impoverished. Like there are, there are worse places. And she just, I think what the hardest part was is that she has come here. She's a cleaner now. And, you know, people just have this idea of people, especially I find like people that have shitty jobs here that are trying to fucking make a living. Uber drivers, cleaners, bus drivers, train drivers, like you fucking name it. You know, there are people here that have hard jobs that we would never want to do, but they have to do. And then we, on top of that, treat them like shit. Well, this is, I can speak to it uh, because I, when I was in college, I had, I did a cleaning job for three years. Being a cleaner in uni for three years is what really bothers you is the isolation. You get yeah, isolated. You do. You do become isolated. People don't want to know you. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think by being nice, but what you mean is like even just saying a hello or talking, asking them about their day can make enough of a difference. And I used to work the night shift. So I started work at eight o'clock in the evening and work mm. till four o'clock. And that's like the isolate like graveyard shift. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, that's why people get paid more for graveyard shifts. Because yeah. Because it's supposed to fucking keep you isolated. Yeah. And that plays a lot. And that's when you really feel like you're not part of something. It's sad. Like, it's really shit. And I just think, how hard is it, honestly, for people to just treat others with respect and not based on their idea? I don't think people think about it like that. People think that there's, there's this There's this separation. Well, there's also this mentality that we're too busy. Yeah. I, Everything in life is about how busy we are. You yeah, but I'm fucking, it. I'm so fucking busy. That's like, it. stupidly busy. Yeah. I am. Yeah. But it's... This is just fucking humanity. Yeah, but like it's just, really not hard, and you don't have to go out of your fucking way. Just be better. Well, yeah, and the, the idea of being busy is like we are busy with things that are not. I mean, yeah, sure, we are busy, but they are not the things that are going to matter at the end of the day. They are not what's going to leave an impression on people. What do you mean by that? That doesn't actually cause lasting change. Like you being busy with your job is like one thing, but you saying something nice to someone and making the day will take you a much longer way. I, uh, so I read this article. It is in Psychology Today. It's written by Karen Hall. She's got a PhD and this one is called The Importance of Kindness and saying being kind can strengthen your relationships and sense of satisfaction in life. Now, what it says here is basically, you know, people find kindness as weakness. So that's the connotation. So if you're kind, you're weak, which I don't agree with. Well, it's that, but I don't know if that's changed. Oh uh, well, it's that it's it's again it's bizarre because especially for a guy, 
Well, I mean, you think about anything, like you think about guys trying to get girls, and you're always told not to be kind. You're supposed to play the opposite. Yeah, right? you're supposed play to hard play, to get yeah, or play whatever hard it to is. Get, you play that, and I, I think being kind needs to be defined more as well. I, th- I don't think being kind is, hey, you look really good today. I think no. being kind is actually people love talking about themselves. They do. Most they, people talk about themselves, and, and then they forget that they never even asked a question yeah. and, about the other person. Yeah, and if you just ask someone about them. Mm-hmm. They feel like a load has been taken off their shoulders. And I think it's important because, you know, I think a lot of the time if you're an extroverted person that does talk a lot about yourself and you're especially with someone that's quite introverted, that's when that really becomes important because when you're extroverted, it's a lot easier to actually go on about yourself and talk all this shit about yourself. And the and the introvert isn't likely to go, hey, you also want to sort of say something about me. They're not likely to do that. They'll take whatever you've said in and then just walk away and that will be the end of it. So that's why I think it is highly important that we do ask those questions. Yeah, I think people... People are scared to really talk about shit that's affecting them. Mm. So they think that they're being extroverted by talking about their problems. It'll be problems about their job or it'll be problems about this. But really what's bothering them is hard for them to share. So here it says kindness is defined by the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. So affection, you know, gentleness, warmth, concern, all that sort of stuff. Those types of cares are associated with kindness. And they say that while it is something that is deemed as naive or weak, um, it's actually the complete opposite. So they say that being kind often requires courage and strength. So kindness is like it's actually about survival of the fittest. So survival of the fittest is usually associated with selfishness, meaning that to survive, it means to look out for yourself. But Darwin, who studied human evolution, he didn't actually see mankind as being biologically competitive and self-interested. He believed that we are profoundly social and caring species, and he argued that sympathy and caring for others is instinctual for us. They said that current research supports the idea, and it has shown that devoting resources to others rather than having more and more for yourself brings about lasting well-being and that it can be the most important predictor of satisfaction and stability in pretty much all your relationships in life really good news by the way guys so we did reach the top 50s in australia and we're actually in the charts in the top 100 in the uk canada and in the u.s Mm-hmm. Which is pretty freaking exciting news. And you know what else I found out? That we were actually in the top 30 in the Australian social sciences charts in March. So we went down. Yeah, but I didn't know we even reached top 30. Like, even the fact that we got to the top 30, I didn't even realise. Like, someone should have told us. Well, somebody should have, like, said, hey... These listeners, you guys should have fucking told us. <laughs> Just tell us if we're, like, doing well. It'll be good to know, but it's positive reinforcement. But I think the um, the coolest part is that we got there, and it's yeah. I'm really and we're excited. gonna continue going there. We're yeah, gonna continue going there. Yeah, you keep saying Arabian all the time, so I don't. When do I say Arabian? You mention Arabian like ten times. When did I mention Arabian? 10 You're times? like all these people from Arabian countries. What's wrong with Arabian countries? It's Arabia. It's, it's either Saudi or not. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi. But Ara- Arabian countries, like, they speak Arabic. <laughs> what? Is Pakistan an Arabic country? It's not Middle Eastern. Maybe that's the right word. I should use Middle yeah, Eastern. Yeah, okay. See, you're coming to the realization. And more of this will keep on <laughs> happening through our next few episodes. But we did want to thank everyone who has, especially our friends and family, who have yeah. kind of supported us to this point, even though and we have... given us so much advice and feedback. Yeah, and I think feedback and review is what keeps us doing better. 
and, yeah. and we'll continue going there. <laughs> See, did it again. Did it perfection this time. You're fucking perfecting the art. Uh, but yeah, we are going to be on more social media uh, portals, uh, including uh, TikTok now. Oh yeah, we're hitting it up. So be on the lookout for uh, TikTok especially because I think that's the next big thing that's blowing up and we're going to blow it up. Well, you're Pakistani. You should probably not say that. <laughs> oh, God. On that yeah. note, mm-hmm. well, well, we'll see you guys next time. Mm, yeah. And we'll, we'll keep going there. If I can muster up the strength. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>